I want to do this morning is just think about three, uh, in the next few minutes, just think about three questions really. What makes up the church family? Uh, what does a church family do? And what is church membership? And if you are visiting, it's really, really great to see you. And you might need to translate some of this into your own church setting to see whether or not it makes sense for your church setting. So they're the three questions that I wanted to have a look at. Um, and I'm not sure how long it's going to take, so should I just plough on, Joe, or will it be up? No? Yes? No? Yes. No. Yes. So, ah, I was hoping too much for this to work as well, wasn't I? Yeah, it's got the green light on. Um, I'm going to say that a little bit about this in a little while. That, that door, I think, was a, one of the things that we've done really, really well when we tried to think of a logo. Uh, not that we're all trying to be corporate here, but it is quite nice to have something that identifies you. And actually having an open door like that, I think it's really, really important. Up oh, there we go. Does it work now? Yeah? So we're going to think of those three questions. Uh, one, thank you very much. Those three questions. What makes up the church family? What does the church family do? And what is the church membership? Now I could actually start off boring you rigid talking about an educational perspective on this. But I'm not going to. But on the right there is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Oh, somebody said, oh yes. <laughs> Jan, have you done that? I did. I did. Yeah, 50 years ago, Jan says. Um, <laughs> but, but basically, <laughs> but basically, lots of people know that actually people do like to belong to things. You know, we do like to belong to groups of people that we can sort of resonate with. And uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs there is, is actually saying to teachers, there's no point doing some teaching unless some of those very basic needs, which are at the bottom there, and which is food, water, shelter and sleep, have not been met. So if you get, like I used to get when I was a head teacher, uh, working in Rugeley, some children that used to come in, they hadn't had any breakfast, they'd had a pot noodle the night before for their tea, and they'd been up watching videos with their um, mum's partner all night long, Actually, they're not going to be ready to start learning, are they? And if they fall asleep in the afternoon, it's understandable. So there's a lot of that, but I'm not going to bore you with that. Yesterday, Trace and I were in Birmingham, uh, in the city, um, doing some, well, she was doing some shopping. I was walking behind, looking very fed up. Um, and we came across these people. There were lots and lots of groups of Morris men. And as we walked past, Trace muttered under her breath, Oh, look. They're all men of a certain age and type. Which, you know, I didn't respond to, because um, I thought maybe I might be one of those. Um, but it was really interesting. And when you look around it, you do sort of notice there's a lot of similarities. You know, those sort of 50s, early 60s sort of men, you know, with their little bells and sticks. Oh, sorry, I'm going to use the Morris man here. Um, but we saw that. Uh, so it was really, really interesting. Now, it's not working now. Why is that? Why is that, Joe? So can we have the next slide? No, let's one after that. Can you go and see if that will work? So I want to introduce you. I've spoken about these before. These are some friends of mine. In the loosest term, the sense of the word. The person on the left is not Queen Victoria, but doesn't she look a bit like her? 
So she is my friend Eve Bacon. And when we tried to go to be teachers, Eve was one of the people on our course. And uh, if you see the picture on the right, this chap here is her husband, Steve Bacon. Um, they're slightly strange, if I'm honest. Um, they probably think I'm slightly strange, but they are slightly strange. They belong to this group called Living History, and they dress up, and they go out and, to, and to, they play out these characters. I'm sure I've said before that once we went to stay with them, uh, Steve was pretending to be a doctor, not pretending, he would not like me to say that, Steve was playing in the role of a doctor at the turn of the century and they had a big jar of leeches because he really felt that he ought to get into character. And when we started living in the evening, he said, I'm just going to get out of my leeches. Does anybody else want to have a go? Of course, I didn't. But all of these people get together because they have something that's in common. And I suppose what we need to be really careful of is that um, we don't just come to church because we like the fact that it feels like a bit of a group that we can get on um, just because we like it. There's got to be something much more about that and we're going to talk about that now. You might remember last week when I was talking about John Mark going on his travels with Paul on his first missionary journey and that, Paul, that Barnabas and John Mark met Paul in Antioch, which is where they started their first, um, mission, Paul's first missionary journey from. And I think I mentioned last week that that's probably the, it is the first time in the Bible that we actually use the word, that's actually used the words Christian. And we call ourselves, if we believe in Jesus, Christians. But actually in the Bible, there's not much mention of the word Christian at all. There is that there is that mention, but actually it's not used at all. So if, if they weren't called Christians, well, what were they called? What were they were called? Um, I, I'm a bit of a deacon blue. Some of you, this is going completely over your head. I'm a bit of a deacon blue fan. So founded in the 1980s, mid-1980s. Uh, and they sang a song called They just sang a song called Believers. And Joe, if we can have that clip um, on, um, let me give you a bit of an insight into what their song, this song is all about. said that there was a verse in that song that actually was about believers. And actually in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, many of the times when we hear about groups of Christians, they're called believers. That's the phrase that they use. If you can get back to that PowerPoint, that would be great. A, a long time ago in this church, they used to have this little book to sing out. They didn't have all the snazzy stuff that we've had before like we've got now, but it probably didn't work very wrong this one. <laughs> this, this is called the Believer's Hymn Book. Rhoda, do you remember singing from the Believer's Hymn Book? Um, it's actually very small 
And actually, the words are very small. I'm not quite sure whether they Did they ever do a bigger one? Bigger version? No. This is the Believer's Hymn Book. And when you look through Acts, we don't keep hearing about groups of Christians. We hear about groups of believers. And Ricky Ross in Deep and Blue, who obviously grew up in a sort of a, a church similar to this, and remember going to church lots and lots and lots of times, and people standing up and telling people the story about how they became saved and how they, they used the Hymn Book in that. And so, I just, want to, I just started to look at the way and where and when the word believers was used in Acts. And it's really interesting. Because actually, I think the church is made up of <coughs> believers. People who believe in Jesus. And in Romans chapter 9, verses 10 to 11, it says this. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So what sticks us all together is that we're believers. Not that we dress the same, look the same, weigh the same, not because of the way that we've been educated, not because of our jobs, not because of where we were born, not because of how we were brought up, but actually what sticks us together <coughs> is because we're believers. And that's really important for us to know. This is what was written. You know, I said about this book, um, where I mentioned it in communion. Um, Mr. Venables, George Venables, writes this, of this church, this building, okay, he writes this, they found two classes of people in the New Testament, believers and unbelievers, the saved and the lost, those born again by the word and the spirit of the Lord and those dead in trespass and sins, those bound for heaven and those bound for hell. The main object of the former, that's the believers, was so to live, teach and preach that the latter, the unbelievers, would be brought into all, all the spiritual good the former enjoyed through our Lord Jesus Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit. I was really interested when I read that because if you look at the order of what he says, the main object of the former, the believers, was to live, teach and preach. So actually if you want to live in it, don't really bother doing the other two bits because people will just ignore you. To live, teach and preach. And so actually here, a long time ago, they arranged two meetings on a Sunday. The breaking of bread services on Sunday morning from which all unbelievers must be excluded. And I, even I remember, because I was brought up in a church like this, if I ever had to visit a church, I had to have a letter of accommodation from one of the elders in my church to hand over to the elder of the church that I was visiting to make sure that, they that I was okay. And, must be excluded. and the gospel meeting on Sunday evening to which all unbelievers were invited. And the problem is with most churches like ours, we carried on with that format of services for years and years and years, even when the evening service, there wasn't any unbelievers there. But it was called the gospel service or the gospel meeting. 
Um, interesting also, I found out about from, from that book, is when Stuart built the meeting room in 1839, so the building that we're sitting in was first built in 1839, no provision was made for believers' baptism. That's what it was called. That's what sometimes people still call it. Believers' baptism. But when the schoolroom was built, that's the bit that when you don't have seen copy in 1925, a baptistry was added. So, I think that what the church is, what the family is, is a group of believers. We've got lots of other things, sometimes, in common, but actually we don't need anything else in common. The thing that sticks us together is that we believe in, in Jesus. So my second question. So we know that the church family is made up of believers. What does a church family do? These are some lovely verses. Again, in the book of Acts, when, when the Christians, believers, started to meet together and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So believers meet together to worship Jesus. That's why we're here. That's the most important reason why we're here. To worship Jesus. We meet together, which we've done today, to share in the Lord's Supper, communion, whatever you want to call it. It's the breaking of bread and the drinking of wine. And we meet together to, to enjoy shared meals together. That's why we really like now, on the first Sunday of a month, when everybody stays behind and has food together. It's great. And lots of the people, in the days when the church started to grow, not only did they meet in a church building, they actually met in each other's homes. And they would have done all of those things. They would have worshipped Jesus. They would have shared in the Lord's Supper. And they would have shared meals together. So believers meet together. Believers share things. All the believers were in one heart and mind. Interesting that it uses the word heart there, doesn't it? All the believers were one in heart and mind. I don't think that means that we all agree with everybody on everything. But do you remember that verse that we read in Romans? If you declare with your mouth Jesus the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So believers are the people that believe that God raised from the dead, uh, Jesus rose from the dead. We are believers in one heart and one mind. No one can, can claim that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything that they had. Um, I remember once when we went to Soul Survivor, I thought I needed to actually do what I was supposed to do. And um, so I, I brought a, a nice, nice new camera, which was quite expensive. Mind, you need to share it and all of that stuff. So I remember giving it to the young people and they took it off and took pictures with it. And funny, someone busted it. And I was going to get really, really cross. I thought, why should I get cross? Why should I get cross? If I really want to do all of that stuff, then I've got to share everything. I remember when Joe used to live with me. Where is he? In my house, up there. And I used to share my car. <laughs> Probably a bad decision, but. It fits with this. 
And believers do good. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. But especially, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So we don't just do good to the people that we like or we get on with. We do it to each other because we're believers. Because we all have that one thing that sticks us together, <coughs> that we believe in Jesus. And I also want to say, because I think this is really important, do you remember when we read um, back in what George Venables wrote that they, I don't know quite how they did that in a Sunday morning to stop unbelievers. Maybe they would only let people come in if they had a, a letter of accommodation like I mentioned. That's why we have an open door, because actually, the door to this church is open to everybody. And you might feel really strongly that you're a believer at the moment, you believe in Jesus. You might not. You might be really angry and cross about it and not believe it at all and, and actually disagree with everything. Actually, the door's open because we want you to see how believers are with each other. Jesus told us, didn't he? he said, you know, you've got to love each other. Because if you love each other, what did he say? He said, the world will see, you that, see that you're mine. That's a commandment. That's, we've got to love each other. Whether we like it or not. As believers, we've got to love each other. Those people that are on the fence, or really against it, they can see us, and they can see, actually, there must be something in that. So what about church membership? Um, we know that the church, and I'm not thinking about a building now, I'm talking about a group of believers, um, is that we know, we've just think, thought about some of the things that believers do. But well, what about church membership? Well, it doesn't actually men mention church membership at all in the New Testament. But there is something that's quite implicit there. Um, because actually, I think you can often see that there's, there's a, it's very clear that actually a commitment to a group of believers is really important. Paul and Barnabas actually stayed a whole year with one group of believers to be able to support them and encourage them and teach them. And I think it's very clear that when you read about groups of believers in the New Testament, they are churches that stick together. And in our church, we have um, becoming a church member leafly. Now, I haven't read that for a long time. And I've got some spare copies here if you, if you want to have a look. This is me doing my salesman bit here now. And it was really great to read, see this. This is the first time I picked it up for a little while. It says, becoming a church member, it's good to belong. It's good to belong. And, and when you read inside this little leaflet, it says, why have members? We need each other. Church membership is an important way of showing our support and commitment to one another as family. We agree to worship and learn together, encourage one another, care and pray for each other, work together to share the good news of Jesus in his world, both in word and action. <coughs> we prayed for Brian and husband this morning. Rob was here earlier and he's had to go. He's not feeling very well at all. And these, we need to pray for each other when that happens. Let's just pray for Rob now. Dear Heavenly Father, um, we know that Rob was really feeling not right this morning. 
especially when there is a great need. Amen. And a group of believers should be committed to turning up for each other. And I deliberately wrote that right now. So I don't think you should be commi- I don't think I should be committed to coming to church main services because it's good for me. I need to come to church main services because actually I want to do all of those things there. I want to learn and worship together. I want to encourage someone. I want to care and pray for someone. I want to be able to work together to be able to share the good news. But in doing all of that, God will bless me and he will bless you if you come together and recognise that we are all stuck together because believers believe in Jesus dying for them and rising again. That's what makes church. And, and church membership is, is, is one way of actually declaring that um, and saying, do you know what? I believe in all of that stuff. I believe in all of that stuff so much that I want to put my name on the list of church membership here. I want to be part of this group of believers. I want to be involved in all of those things. I want to to be able to to say that other people out there, I'm I'm part of the the group of believers, Christians, here at Church Lane. And I'm going to commit my time, my money, and we'll hear a bit about that next week, and my prayer life to the family. I'm going to do good to lots of people, but especially, that's what the Bible says, especially to the people that are sitting around and us today. So who makes up the church family? A bunch of believers. What does a church family do? Well, we worship Jesus. We share things and we do good, uh, especially for each other. And what is church membership? It's a commitment. It's a commitment to a group of believers. Um, I remember once I did join a gym and uh, the person said to me, um, so you can play for a 12-month annual subscription or you can pay for six months annual subscription or we've got a special offer on a month subscription subscription. I went for the month um, because I was really keen at the beginning and I went probably three times all in one all in within a week. Then the next week it was sort of like two and by the third week I'd sort of given up. Um, church family and we thank you for this church family especially and we thank you for each other Uh, we thank you that you know all of us and you know uh, when we're in need and you know when we're able to be able to encourage other people and support each other and pray for each other help help us to do all of that at the right time I pray for all the people here that are visiting today 
Um, I pray that um, they may feel committed to the place where they join with other believers in their church. And I pray that they may also go with that commitment to serve others, to encourage others, to pray for each other and to, be, to work together to tell other people about you. I pray for anybody here, Lord, that, that may feel really uncomfortable thinking about whether or not they're a believer or not a believer or they're just not sure. We pray that as we meet and as they join us, they see, they see what it means to be loved by Jesus. See what it means to be a group of believers who believe that Jesus died for them and rose again and lives with them. family and we pray for all those in our family and we thank you for them thank you for the little ones that are walked through this morning we thank you for those that are elderly and having to to manage and deal with all those things help us this week this week to keep praying for and caring for and encouraging each other, especially for the leaders. We'll be asking in Jesus' name.